Now entering Nerdist.com. Genuinely wondering if my guest is some kind of powerful wizard who can shapeshift as well. She just finished five seasons of the hit show Orphan Black, where she played Sarah Manning, a woman who learns she's a clone after witnessing her doppelganger commit suicide by jumping in front of a train. She then discovers there are a lot of clones out there. Plus, spoiler alert, she plays every single clone on the show. And her range and talent is unbelievable and spectacular. Her fans are absolutely psyched that she won the Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama last year. She also has a new movie called Stronger that she's going to tell us about tonight. Tatiana Maslany will be talking with Chris Hardwick. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, using at talking. I'm going to read your questions and comments. We're going to look at some video messages. We're going to give things away. I have a crate full of stuff to give away for people who ask questions. Um, our studio audience, by the way, is like legit 100% Tatiana Maslany fans. Like, no. There's no, like. No, no there's no seed fillers. There's no rando who's like, I just want to get in from outside. Just came in, <laughs> didn't know what they were here to see. You're right. I mean, your show has such an incredible following and such a loyal, passionate audience. Mm. And I remember when I did, um, I did a, the Nerdist TV show for BBC America like four, four years ago yeah. or something. It was just the first season of Orphan and it was getting going. So congratulations on everything. Thanks. And how has, it, how has it been now that you're kind of, you know, now that it's all wrapped up? It's, it's surreal because um, it's been, yeah, five years of my life that have been completely dedicated to... Orphan Black, like every, you know, even when I'm not working, I'm kind of talking with the producers about what the next season's going to be or just dreaming about it or whatever, or meeting Clone Club or, you know, all those things that we get to do. So it's uh, pretty all-consuming. And when you go into, when you go to a movie and you're like, wait, there's just one of me in this? Like, is it weird? <laughs> like this, it, it honestly, Orphan Black kind of feels like weight training with but with weights attached to all of your limbs <laughs> right. and then running on a treadmill because it i feel like it's about it's probably about as emotionally exhaustive as as a job could could be yeah and mentally uh horrible because <laughs> <laughs> i like couldn't sleep <clears throat> the first season every day when we would rap i would go home and kind of i'm sure i've said this before but like dream in character because it was so many switches during the day We'd start as one character for two scenes, then I'd have to go hair, makeup, change into the next character, do totally different scenes, totally different storyline, dialect, all that stuff. So it was just kind of always in my body, that kinetic switching. Yeah, and and, and also just keeping track of, you know... uh, Oh wait! What idiosyncrasies does this character have? Is this mm-hmm. consistent with the? Is, is there like a script supervisor going? Oh no, she's left-handed or she's right-handed. Yeah. Or are you are you keeping track of all that? I mean, I, I eventually it became second nature, but in the first season, it was all about kind of the musculature of remembering right. who who did who did this, who did none of them did any of these things. <laughs> Who did this versus this, Hey, everybody, I'm this clone. (laughs) Who wants to have a good time? That one got cut immediately. Right away. Yeah, they're like, we don't buy this. Um, So long, everybody. (laughs) Just walk through the back of frame. Just walk through the background all the time. Yeah, so there there was help, for sure. 
Good. But they're written so differently, and they're you know very very different kind of archetypes of characters that you've seen. So so it's not like they're so close to each other that it right. could slip. Yeah. This might be a I don't know. This might be a tough question to answer because you're so close to it. But what is it for you that you think resonates so well with people and so much? Because it's it really like there is such a fan community around this show that's so loyal to you and loyal to the show. And what what is it specifically that you attribute that to? I don't know. I've, we've we've talked to people, and for different reasons, they really relate to the characters or the situations or whatever. I think we're talking about things that are kind of. Um, topical in terms of uh, autonomy and, and women's voices and women's bodies and reproductive rights and things like that. But then I think also just kind of on a base level, for me, I'd never read so many bizarre weirdos in a script before. Yeah. You know, like people who I, who I got to play. It, a, a woman never gets to play Helena. Uh, Helena's the, like, serial killer Ukrainian psychopath who moves from that to very domesticated, like, <laughs> trying to be a housewife to, you know... <laughs> To killing people again, like I've never seen that character before. Right. I think there's something about getting to watch bizarre weirdos do stuff on camera that I am excited about. You know. Right. That that I didn't see necessarily growing up and go, oh, I relate to that woman or I, I yeah. So there's a clone for everyone, basically. Yeah, yeah. The show. You don't like relates. one, you can make yeah, like, like another. Yeah, yeah, it's like another. Yeah, it's like this one or yeah, this exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like you, you, but you are the you are the central. I mean. All of these characters are swirling around in your head somewhere, mm. and you know I, I, I'm always interested to hear actors like when they they come home at the end of the day, and you sort of touch upon it a little bit, and like, well, how do you wash off the residue of that character? But how do you wash off the residue of like 11 characters yeah. <laughs> at the end of a day? I, I don't think I ever figured it out. I really didn't, because it, it was always it was always hard to not be stressed. I was, I was just, it was an all-consuming thing. I think I'm only now that it's done kind of being like, oh, right, this is what sleeping is like. <laughs> and like having maybe one thought or I have one thought at a time now. <laughs> and not what, what 11 different people. Yeah. I was kind of, and, and then seeing the, seeing the fans rally around you when it came time to Emmy nominations, because the previous, I think maybe it was the previous year, they didn't recognize the show and then fans were like, <laughs> What the fuck, Emmys? Right. You know? and, oh, and we to, can say that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And to their credit, to their credit, I, you know, I was really impressed that the Emmys didn't respond to just the show with the highest marketing budget. Like, mm. they really did respond to you, and you, you got a very well-deserved award. So, I mean, does that... Did, when that was when, when that was happening, like, the previous years, you're like, all right, guys, come on, let's, let's take it easy. Yeah, or yeah. did you ever think, like, oh, wow, they really are going rep- to recognize the show that's on this, this network on cable? Yeah, no, never. Never. I mean, I, I thought it was bizarre that people were like, this should have happened. I was like, what? Guys, no. <laughs> like, this is, you know, in, I don't know if it's, a, if it's an, a kind of inferiority complex coming from Canada, but we, we're just, like, happy to, to have a job, you know? I was just happy to work, and I was happy to work on something that I cared about and that people liked it, you know? Um, you don't really think about those other things. And then when Clone Club was so adamant that it happened... That was nice. Like, that was the whole, that was the thing that was nice about it. Yeah, but it is still nice for you to be like, oh, uh, thanks for this award. <laughs> Suck it, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Suck on this. Yeah. 
We've always had this harsh battle. <laughs> the entire cast of Rivalry. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Thrones and clones. Yeah. Uh, clones and thrones. There it is. Throne club and clone club. Yeah, Just go exactly. at each other one at a one time. One must reign They supreme. got dragons, but yeah. there's a thousand of you. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. Exactly. You know, fair, oh, that'd be really cool. It would not. We would die so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be eaten, I assume. Yeah. I've never seen Game of Thrones. You've never, see, you've never seen Game no, of Thrones? guys, don't. Uh, you know what? Don't. Sorry, don't so leave. <laughs> it's great. There, it's, I'm it's sure a, it's awesome. It's super, it sounds perfect. Super fun show. Well, now you'll have some of your life back. You'll be able yeah, to watch stuff exactly. like that. Listen, if you like dragons and boobs, it is... Uh, <laughs> It is a show. And dragons will, with boobs? Dragons with boobs. Perfect. Dragons near boobs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pointing at boobs. Pointing at, yeah. <laughs> Just like lighting, lighting on fire. But, the, but, but you know, <laughs> these types of fandoms, and we're so much a part of, they're so much a part of our culture now mm. that it's, so, it's interesting to me that, you know, uh, shows like Orphan Black or shows like Game of Thrones, they're, they're really almost like pop culture is almost the new religion in a, in a sort of way. People are aligning so, so much with Yeah, that. yeah. And I mean, uh, what's, what's cool about the fans of Orphan Black is that they seem to, the, the way that they see themselves reflected in the characters changes um, the way they are able to be themselves in life, which is completely uh, mind-blowing, yeah. you know, as an actor to, to, to see the story you're telling have that kind of influence. Like women who are 40 years old, um, to, to young women who are, who are just, you know, like in high school or whatever, but they come up to us and say that seeing Kasima or seeing Felix has given them the confidence to talk to their parents about being gay or, or just be themselves and love who they love. And that, you know, making friends in Australia from, like... Minnesota? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Was These that a Minnesota <laughs> accent? Yeah. Minnesota. Wasn't it great? <laughs> it was good. It's very close to Canadian, by yes, the way. Yes, that's yeah, why it's easy. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, making friends across the world like that because of Clone Club and finding this kind of community, it's just, it's incredible that well, that's possible. Then, then it must have been... I mean, I, I, you know, as a performer, I'm sure you, all, you, you want to evolve and you want to do different things, and so... But... It is, it is hard to, and, and not only is it hard to let characters go, but I'm sure it's like, shit, it's really hard to let a job go because yeah. you never know. So what were some of the emotions that you were feeling when you knew, when you knew like, this is going to be the last season, we're going to do this? And, like, what was your thought, like, when they yelled, cut, rap, that's it? Oh, God. Well, at that point, I mean, we were working on some extremely emotional scenes in that last episode and kind of had been saying goodbye to actors or clones for two weeks leading up to it, mm-hmm. you know, saying goodbye to the kind of main cast or a set that meant something to us. So it was just, we were all dry. We were very dry. <laughs> like, we were crying the whole time for two weeks. And then when it happened, I think we were all kind of stunned. And um, John Fawcett, our, one of the creators of our show, came out and was just like, we were all looking at each other. And he just went, I just want to hang out with you guys. <laughs> I just want to stand here, like, with you guys. And it was just like, that's, yeah, that's all we wanted to do because it was kind of, Nobody wanted to leave. We didn't want to step away from this this amazing job, you know. Yeah, it's a, the entertainment business is really this sort of like, it's, it's you're being in the business of like transient families, where it's like you yeah. come together and then you experience all these emotions, and your brain doesn't always know that they're fake. Yeah, because right. you're feeling them, <laughs> totally. you know. And so you feel them, and you have this really intense, and you're just supposed to be like, okay, bye. Yeah. I'll see you again at some some time in my life. Yeah, and it's this this bubble. Like it's, I always talk about these bubbles of shooting a film or these bubbles of shooting a TV series because you kind of don't see the world. 
the rest of the world right. while you're filming. You're like four months in a studio. So these people, you see them more than you see your family and you connect with them. Like you said, like you experience these highs and lows and these emotions that are, you know, personal and also like generated or whatever. Yeah. But, but you kind of believe all of it and you really do like fall in love with each other. So it's a, it's a weird thing to step away from it for sure. And I also think it's great that you, you're like your big your first really, really, really big thing was was a drama. Mm. Mainly because I know you have a comedy background. I know mm. there's comedy in your background. Mm. And I think it's I think it's so much easier. I think when you come out as a comedian and you go, I want to play a dramatic role, they're like, over in the, over in the circus clown. You know? <laughs> but if, once you start with drama and then people find out, oh, you actually have this really strong comedy background mm. too, I just feel like it creates so many options for what you want to do next. Yeah, I mean, like, for me, improv was always the, the thing. I, d- I did it since I was nine, eight or nine years old in yeah. different incarnations. And it's been... It's the best war- like it's the best warm up. It's the best skill kind of building situation. It's it is acting at its kind of purest form, I think. Yeah. And sort of has always come into like all the work I do. But yeah, I, I've I've kind of only ever played dramatic characters. Like I've done improv and been able to explore comedy that way. But then when I get on screen, they're like, you have to do this monologue about how someone abused you. And oh, no. <laughs> like that was my whole career up until Orphan Black. And then I got to play women. And then you got to play a lot of them. Yeah. So do you, do you, you know, now that you, because you're doing really big movies now, and it sort of seems like you could do pretty much whatever you want. Do you feel that way? Or do you feel like, no, this is, that's a whole other uphill battle? No, I mean, I, well, even doing Stronger was just such, you know, I, I did the same process that I would do for anything, which was send in a tape of an audition that I taped with Christian Brune, who plays Donnie on the show, and then went in and did a screen test with Jake and was just, like, thrilled to be playing opposite him for an hour, even though it wasn't, you know, on screen or anything, just to get to work opposite an actor like that who I admire so much. It's never... It never feels like, I feel safe here or comfortable. (laughs) Like, I belong here. I'm always just This is Jake Gyllenhaal, the movie Stronger, which is about the the Boston bombing. Mm -hmm. But... I, I I wonder. See, I feel like I'd be arrogant in your shoes because if someone was like, send in a tape, I'd be like, hey, watch an episode, pick a fucking character. Which one, which one do you want? You know, like it seems. Like, okay, I'll go in and I'll, yeah. I'll audition. I mean, All are right. you comfortable with the audition process? I love auditioning. Wow, that's such an amazing thing to hear well, because I think it is dreadful. It's horrible, but yeah. I think that's what's kind of fun about it is that it's. I've done it for so long, and I've gone through so many shitty auditions and so many really fun auditions that, I don't know, it, for me now, I look at it as just a chance to play. Just a chance to, because I think it's always about the casting director. You're always like, oh, it's their room. Yeah. But it's an actor's room, really. You know, there shouldn't be that weird power. I guess that's imbalance. true. Like, it's your chance. Like, they're, they're excited to find you if you're the right person. Well, that's, see, so. that's a very healthy way to yeah. think about it. You know? <laughs> but it's just, you know, when you walk into a room and you really, it's something you really want and it's all the insecurities come squishing into the room with oh, you. Yeah. And you can't, it's just like not, it's just getting your brain out of the way to yeah. be able to just do the work that you're there to do. I'm just flashing back to this horrible audition I did for Disney <laughs> where it was, and I'm such a cartoon nerd, like I'm crazy about cartoons. And this is my chance to audition for a Disney cartoon. Right. But when I got there, I assumed you'd be in a booth. Uh-huh. 
But it was literally like this. Like I was sitting like in a chair across from two people in a, another chair <laughs> and had to do voices. But I was so embarrassed that I just kind of read it and was just really <laughs> quiet and dull. And then they're like, okay, did you prepare a song? And then I thought it would, <laughs> I thought it would be funny to do... Um, the Little Mermaid? Yeah. <laughs> what is under it? The, the, the one? Yeah. yeah. The, no, not Under the Sea. I wish it was that. Oh. That's Sebastian. Oh, that's Sebastian. Oh, sorry. Yeah. That's no, the one where she's like wishing to be. To I wish legs. I had legs. Part of what your world. I wish Part I had of legs. Your world. I think it's I wish I had right, legs. I wish I had legs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but I like stood up to sing I wish I had legs and <laughs> like didn't look at them or I started looking at them and then I was like, this is weird. And then I looked up <laughs> sang really shittily up at the wall. And they were like, thank you so much. That was fantastic. And like, <laughs> out the door. It was horrible. I wish I had legs. Yeah. <laughs> Still wish I had legs. Yeah. What, uh, what is your, I mean, I'm a huge animation nerd. I took it in college and oh, really? I collect cells. Yeah. So I have cells. So what are, what are, your, what are some of your animation? Well, I'm, Futurama is like the thing. Those motherfuckers, they, never, they didn't do any of it on cells. No, they exactly. You can't have it. Computer, yeah. I know. Um, I've got a little wooden uh, Professor Farnsworth that my brother. Got Good me. news. Yeah. <laughs> um, home movies. Yep. Do you know that Brendan one? Small. Yeah. It's my yeah. Buddy Brendan. Metalocalypse. Yeah. Um, also Brendan. Yeah. You know uh, what else? Da, 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 da. Bojack. Yeah. Like Bojack. Bojack Horseman. Yeah. Well, Canada <laughs> has an amazing. Canada has a really amazing. Like so many great animated pieces have come out of Canada because mm-hmm. you guys have a like a fund the arts. Program. Yeah, we uh, like which the is arts. A crazy idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why would, who would do such a thing? I don't know. Uh, like the National Film Board. Yeah. The National Film Board in Canada has like you know I think one of the one of my favorite animated uh, things of all time is called The Cat Came Back, which is oh a, yeah yeah which is a that Canadian. That used to terrify me. It's fantastic. Have you guys seen it's it? It's dark. It's dark and amazing. So look it up. It's on it's on your local internet. Yeah. Uh, the Cat Came Back. Did you ever see The Big Snit? The Big Snit. Yeah, That's of course. My I think my favorite short of all time is The Big Snit. They're so good. It's so good. Yeah. Canada is such a wealth of artistic... I mean, I know you're from uh, Saskatchewan. <laughs> you didn't have to give it three A's at the end. Saskatchewan? <laughs> Saskatchewan. You're from Saskatchewan! <laughs> Which is a delightfully uh, funny name that you yeah. think like, oh, well, that couldn't get any sillier, and, and then, <laughs> then your hometown, oh, wait till you hear Regina. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what is happening in Regina, Saskatchewan? Well, right? that was great, really oh, good. Oh, thanks. Oh, I'm sorry I said it wrong. No, you did really okay, well. I'm sorry, sorry for correcting I'm sorry. you. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I'm really uh, sorry. <laughs> Go out for lots of apologizing is happening yeah. in Regina. <laughs> um, lots of, I don't know, there's, a, there's great art in the community because I think everybody's kind of surrounded by a lot of space and time. Yeah. Space and time uh-huh, exists yeah. there. I feel like we all have that in common. We really? I don't think so. Okay, well, no. you seem very... Those are two dimensions that only that, exist no, in Saskatchewan. I'm not 100% sure that's yeah. accurate. Might be, though. Might be. It you is. might be right. It is. Yeah, I know. Okay, good. I grew up there, so... <laughs> okay, um, well, I've never been there, so I can't, yeah. I can't say. It's just fields. There's a lot of fields. There's a lot of... Uh, Can- Canadian goose. <laughs> what? There's a lot of Canada goose. Geese. Yeah, gooeys. Gooeys. I think gooeys is the Canadian pronoun. Yeah. <laughs> you just add an ooh to everything. To everything, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, what else? All men made lakes. Okay. So none of the lakes in Regina are natural. I know women made lakes. Sorry, I'm sexist. Yeah, it seems like it. I've internalized misogyny so hard. <laughs> 
<laughs> Women don't go near our legs because of the goose. All oh, the goo. They're scared of them. The gooeys are very yeah. gooey and scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so fucking funny. Yeah, it's I'm terrible. sorry. I'm just, I'm just, you didn't say that. I'm sorry. That was really funny. That was really funny. <laughs> Your show is such a, is such a statement on, um, gender relations in, in our mm. culture. This is undertone of it the entire time. Was that something that you saw from the get-go or something that you feel like as it started to breathe and evolve that developed? Yeah, I think it started to develop because I think, I, I'm sure John and Graham had it in their heads that they were, were knew they were telling stories that were kind of about women because they had women at the center of it. But for me, I was just excited to see that and I didn't realize the ramifications. I didn't kind of take in that we were actually talking about um, the way that women's bodies are owned by corporations, whether that's kind of in the media in terms of images that are put out there, sure. the way they're used to sell things, the way um, we don't have uh, ownership over our reproductive rights, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. So it, it, it became very apparent that we were telling that story and that we couldn't not do it. And especially in this last season, because we were like shooting it while everything, the world was exploding. Right. Um, <laughs> three, three episodes in, it happened. Yeah. Whatever I'm talking about happened. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Some nice thing. You know, yeah. So many things could have been this, it could have been that. This could be that. Could yeah. be another man-made Like We don't know. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so I think then it really reinforced that we had to continue to tell the story of kind of... Um, chopping off the head of the patriarchy a little bit. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. A little bit. Like, I'm saying it like such an apology, but yeah. No. Cutting its head off. I feel like that's, that's more the Canadian. Yeah. I feel like that's more of the Canadian. It's also a woman thing, though. Yeah. But, you know, because you've worked on a show like this that has, that has you know, such an undercurrent of, of something that's relevant, and do you feel like... Do you feel weird just taking like a you know like a frivolous job like mm. oh does do, does every do, does every job feel like oh it really has to have some sort of a some sort of a, a deep you know meaning or a message or something that's important for you to say? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of spoiled me in that sense because I was like very used to just sort of doing jobs right. and happy to have a job. But then after doing Orphan Black and seeing how how the stories we tell do affect people and change uh, people's minds about things and can change politics even, um, can influence the world. Yeah. Um, I, I just became aware of what images I was putting out there. But at the same time, I think it's important to continue to follow the artistic flow and the kind of curiosity as opposed to maybe the morally right or wrong sure. thing to do. Because I think as soon as I start making decisions just based on my politics... Uh, then I become something that isn't an artist, I think. Right, right, yeah. right. Because there's a there's a definite skew and a motivation to everything you do that might not yeah. make you open to certain types of... Totally. Like, right. you know, revealing that we aren't all totally emancipated and we aren't all um, strong female characters, whatever that is. You know, I think that there's a real pressure on women to be, like, tough as fuck now. Right, right, right. And it's like, well, sure, that is a part of us, but... I think any time you, you sort of minimize an experience to one way of being, you're, you're actually diminishing it, you know, even yeah. if it is a positive. Uh, sure, because you're, you're automatically shutting out other options yeah. at the same time. Yeah, totally. What do you think you're going to miss the most about the, about the show? The, the characters. Like, I'm going to miss not only the clones that I get to play, but playing opposite these awesome actors that I get to work with who are so much fun and who we have all these different dynamics with. 
you know, whether I'm Allison and playing opposite Donnie or Helena playing opposite Donnie, it's a totally different thing. You know, Felix and Sarah was such an important relationship. Uh, I'm going to miss all of them. It's, yeah, it's going to be sad. Did you take a break after you finished yeah. or are you, did you immediately go and start working on something else? I didn't. This was the first year I didn't do that because the year prior I did Stronger right after and the other year I did two movies back to back. Oh, you did? Like yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And then <laughs> a dummy. But this year I went to Costa Rica and I what? hung out with some sloths. Oh, that's fantastic. Sloths. What, what type of, uh, thank you for saying sloths. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, what, is the, uh, what, what part of Costa Rica did you go to? We went to La Fortuna. Okay. Montezuma. Uh-huh. And Park Manuel Antonio. Oh, that's fantastic. Costa Rica is such a beautiful. It's amazing. It's incredible. You could just like rainforest, rainforest, rainforest. Ocean. Yeah. Like, it's such an incredible place. We were near this really populated beach at one point, and... You and all the clones. Me and all the clones. Yeah. We were all holding hands in a line, <laughs> running into the distance. <laughs> there was this, like, river that crossed past this, like, forest, and we were going to cross through to see if we could get to the this Park Manuel Antonio. And this girl started wading into the water, and then we saw a sign that said, do not feed the crocodiles. And we're oh. like... Oh, get out. Like, don't be in there. She's like, it's fine. I was like, where am I? What is this? That's so funny that you, yeah, I remember being in a place called Playa Tamarindo, and then yeah. you could go to a Cocodrillo. You know, like, you could go feed them. Yep. And you're like, oh, this will be fun. I'm, I'm sure this is a, a sanctioned, totally professional environment to feed a crocodile. <laughs> and it was like a hundred-year-old lady with a bag of chick, <laughs> raw chicken. And she just indicated, and it was just like outside her house. No. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there was zero protection really? between you and Cocodrillo. Like, just at any moment, <laughs> duh, done. You know, like, it's all over. But how was she? Was she okay? Uh, she didn't have any limbs. Right. Uh, <laughs> It's a heart of gold, though. You yeah. can see it. It was outside of yeah. uh, uh, Her skin just peels just back. Just peels right off. <laughs> Adios! <laughs> but, uh, you're... Oh, that's so gross. It's so gross, yeah. Uh, oh, it makes me want to press my skin down. Your skin is fine. Okay. Your skin's fine. It's not going to come off your body. But uh, your your boyfriend, Tom Cullen, yeah. is on, was, on, was on Downton Abbey. Yes. And, uh, and you, you guys met on a project... Yep, we were doing a TV series called World Without End. Yep. Um, and we were in Budapest for six months. Wow. And we met. We had no scenes together because I was a lesbian nun and he was a farmer. Sure, sure. <laughs> so we were like, saw each other and we were like, wait a minute. Um, somehow we, we found each other in that. And uh, yeah, we just started being buddies. That's my started being buddies. <laughs> you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, buddies are with a benefit. Yeah. Uh, you know, dating nuns is a very hard habit to break. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks for coming. No, stop it. You don't have to. You don't have to rally the crowd for my dad joke. I love puns. Yeah. I love a pun. Puns are the best. Yeah. Uh, and then, so you you guys went to Costa Rica together. I mean, yeah. How do you? How it's always interesting to hear about how people maintain. Because I imagine you are both on opposite sides of the globe mm-hmm. for a lot of the year. Yeah, he's living in London, and I was in Toronto. So we were long distance for six years. Oh, my God. Which was really hard. That's yeah. incredible. But Skype is the best. It is. Skype is really just, good. Just, like, sometimes cook together oh, that's over so Skype and just hang out. It's really cute. That's really adorable. <laughs> you're going to make eggs, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
in London. I don't have the ingredients for poutine. I don't know what to do. He always makes fun of me because I'm like, poutine's our national treasure or whatever. And he's like, that's, that's just chips, cheese, and gravy. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And? and? There's no end to that. No. I know wherever, whenever you, no matter where you go, people, people in any town love to shame you about your tourism. Right. And, and especially in Montreal, who shames everyone about everything. About everything, you go to Montreal. yeah. Yep. But uh, it's like, oh, you went there for poutine. That is not the place to go for poutine. You know, it's, like, it's never the right place. No. Do you, what is, do you have a definitive poutinery that if... <laughs> and you're not going to say it. I do. Oh, what is it? It's New York Fries. Where is that? It's like in any mall in Regina. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like probably the worst thing you could do. But it's delicious. It's amazing. Oh, what it, what makes a good poutine? Is it is it the the squeakiness of the cheese? Got it. Me. Got it. Got if it. If it got squeaks, it. then then it it's old reeks. and delicious. No, yeah, yeah. then it's delicious. <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason, and when I was whenever I would go do just for laughs in Montreal, they would go. If you go outside, there's like a center, the central part where all the shows happen. They go. Mm. If you go outside that, you need to let them know that you're American and not. Not Quebecois, uh-huh. and I, I and I'm like, why aren't they going to hate me more? And they go, they will hate you, yes, but they will hate you more if they think you're from Montreal and refuse to speak French. Oh yes, yeah. So that's why you always ask for. I'm American. Can I have an English menu? Oh right. Uh, so you have to preface with. You have to I'm preface. American. I'm American. Yeah, and of course that's they never see you. The only uh, country <laughs> in the world where you probably have to say you're American over Canadian. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's more beneficial. <laughs> No offense. No. No offense. Well, I just, it was funny. I mean, I love Montreal. It's an incredible yeah. city, but I just found that wherever I went in my, no matter what it was, there was always like, oh, don't tell anyone. Like, I just come from Toronto. <laughs> Where'd you come from, Toronto? Oh, don't tell anyone that. They don't want to know. Where are you from, Los Angeles? Definitely don't tell them you're from Los Angeles. <laughs> How do I make these people happy? Yeah. How to make them happy. Is, 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 is uh, French Canadian culture very prominent in, in Regina, Saskatchewan? In, well, in, in ways. My mom is a translator, so she works in French constantly. But, and she put me in a French immersion school Got it. where I did French improv. What? Yeah. That's like American improv, but more tongue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of restrictions. A lot of room. Don't of, tell them this. Don't tell don't them tell that. Don't tell them that. Don't so, tell yeah, them that. Yeah. A, actually, there's a lot of rigidity to French improv. What is it about? It's... So you play it sur la glace, which means on, on the ice, yep. which already puts it in a sports competitive right. kind of scene. Okay. Um, so you've got this like delineated space and you go up and you get, so it's like so the treatment of it, which is like you do the scene in uh, opera or you do it as a robot or you do it uh, silent or whatever. Sure. Um, and then the time, which is like 30 seconds, it's very short. Because your baby's doing it. Got it. This got is it. when I was in grade four. Oh, got, oh, got yeah, it. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, Sorry. Gotcha. I was in like improv 43. in fourth grade? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Canada's and magic. Canada's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So then we, so instead of doing sports and having like a healthy heart, I would do that instead. <laughs> Working on my fitness. I, I don't know if you've looked around America. Not everyone has healthy hearts right. here. <laughs> right. Uh, so, in. Did you think that comedy was something that you were going to do? Were you going to do something with that? Or was it was just a part of the curriculum? 
It was no, it was just I just liked being on stage or on the glass. I just liked being in front of people and doing stuff. Right. I think I, Sir Mixalot was the one who said put him on the glass. Was he? Uh, yeah, I think he was. I've always related <laughs> so hard to Sir Mixalot. He needed, he needed to follow up to Baby Got Back. Yeah, was, exactly. It didn't hit. Didn't hit. No, no it did, did not, not hit. hit. Uh, who were some of your influences? Who were some of your influences? Growing up? Yeah. I liked anybody who resembled a cartoon, so it was Jim Carrey for sure. me, for sure. Yep. Leslie Nielsen was a big crush. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Rick Moranis was still is he's huge amazing. crush. Coming, he's making a return to acting. What? I heard Rick Moran, <laughs> Mick, Rick Moranis is you know like he's you know we had him on the podcast once and you did? he's you know he was so incredible and he was like well it's not that I really quit I just lost interest in what I was being he just sure really wasn't really inspired by anything anymore. Yeah, because he was kind of typecast, wasn't he? Well, and I think also he just had things going on in his personal life uh-huh. that were more important, and and he um, wanted to be with his kids. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's a, it's so it's so funny that we're so fucked up in our culture. We're like, oh, I guess his career was then. It was like, oh, he wanted to spend more time with his kids. Yeah. <laughs> okay, way to tank your career. Yeah, like, what, <laughs> totally. He wanted to be with his family. Totally. What you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, does anyone, have you ever met any of these people before? No. Uh, well, obviously, Leslie Nielsen, unless you have a Ouija board, probably not. Uh, he's not alive. He isn't? Leslie Nielsen? Why do I still think he must always be alive? Oh, I mean, he's alive and doing Where? another Naked Gun. Is he here right now? Yep, he's all over. <laughs> he's everywhere. I wish he would do he's another Naked Gun. I'm he's, so sad now. He's fine. <laughs> Don't say that in front of your fans. They're going to get mad at me yeah. for being you sad. My biggest crush. Yeah, he's, well, that you hot. should have liked someone younger. I don't know what to tell you. That's kind of on you. Yeah. <laughs> not even, within, not even in your, not even generationally. No. Within, like a generation beyond. And like full white hair. Yeah, complete. Like, yeah, there's no hiding it at all. Nope. Yeah, nope, it's none. not. It, I think it's good to go white young because then never people never go. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. People never go. That guy got old. They just look the same yeah, forever. Exactly. Uh, so Jim Carrey, Rick Moranis, and you and you haven't worked with uh, Jim. You've never worked with Jim Carrey. Not before. Jim. No. Not Jim. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know him, by the way. You I sounded just, like you did. No. I mean, I mean, listen. You know, we we trade recipes and we <laughs> we, we cook via Skype, but it's not a big. It's not serious. It's not, it's not serious. That's so cute. It is. <laughs> I love The Mask is like I think the greatest movie of all time I mean yeah I love that it's good you know I I, I watched it I you know I watched it recently and I went into it with that and I'm like okay you know because I think didn't hold up I'll tell you why Mm. because I think so much when he did when he when he came on the scene as Jim Carrey yeah he really created this whole other aspect of comedy. Mm-hmm. And so I think there've just been there's so much that's derivative and so much that, that's been overplayed, but he yeah. really did originate that. Yes. And so I think it suffers a little bit from the fact that he sort of started a movement and then it was Right. And then there was just so much that was derivative of it. I've I've seen that movie so many I see that movie a few times a year. Sure. So it it still feels a re- like very relevant. It's still, yeah. I'm like, this is current day. <laughs> Nothing about this is dated. Um, I have all the same feelings, but I rewatched Ace Ventura yeah. recently. No. There's not there's not a <laughs> No. And that's when I fell in love with him was Ace Ventura. And then I was like, sorry. You got to go back to yeah. the mask. Yeah, I got to go back to the mask. I mean, do, are you offered any any comedies? Some, yeah, sometimes. and uh, But it, it freaks me out, actually, to do it. Really? I think because I have such a reverence towards that world. And I'm just like, it's. I think 
comedians are geniuses. I think that they just, there's something about them that has a brain that I'm, I'm like, they would just think I'm super earnest and such No, because I feel like you are, you do something that a lot of comedians can't do, which is disappear into a character. Like, mm. when you see, like, all these comedians we talked about, when you see them and stuff, you go, that's Jim Carrey. Right. That's Leslie Nielsen. Rest in peace. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so sad. That's Leslie Nielsen in that coffin. Or that's, uh... <laughs> but, ah, maybe but what comedian. about, like, Jordan Peele? Jordan, yeah. Like, he transforms. Like, when on Keen Peele, his characters are just... So detailed. Sketch backgrounds. Right. Like people yeah, yeah. with sketch and improv backgrounds understand like how to find the character. People with yeah. like stand-up backgrounds uh, are they, they are themselves like they're the comedy. Like their right. character. They the character of them. The character of them. Yeah, yeah. Is is, is the comedy. But For sure. but you know, so I think a lot of these actors would look at you and go, "But shit, you you played all these different characters and just mm. disappeared into them." Mm. And I think that's what. Most comedians, you know, like they all kind of freak out and they want to be taken seriously as they, they get older. <laughs> but you already, you already got that out of the way. I got serious when I was younger. You got serious when you were younger. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. stop taking me seriously. <laughs> guys, guys, what about this remember clone? this one? It's Hansy the clone. <laughs> hey, everybody just want to clone. Hansy. Hansy. It's also like a sexual predator. I, <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. No, Hansy. Loves dragons and boobs. Loves, <laughs> Loves dragons, dragons and, boobs. and boobs. Yeah. Loves them. Uh, when we come back, our audience members are going to get to ask questions, and we have a lot of questions for you. Nice. Because the fans need to know. They have a lot of questions. I have a lot of stuff to give away. If you want to be part of the show, at Talking on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you can find exclusive updates about upcoming guests. You can ask them questions that you have. No matter who we're talking to, we want you to be a part of the conversation. More with Tatiana in just a bit. We'll see you in a soon. Nice. Here. Uh, let's have an audience member get up and ask a question. I should. I need to shut up and let other people have, have the floor. What's your name? Hi, I'm Virginia. I'm from Sherman Oaks, California. Oh, what's your question? Um, Tatiana, as you probably know, the Donnie and Allison twerking episode is a fan favorite. Yeah. And I was just wondering if it's also a favorite of yours. Yes, that is. That was a life goal. Uh, <laughs> that I got to check off the list. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, we, we loved that way too much. We did it twice, all the way through the song. By the end, we were both, like, very nauseous from exertion and just so elated. It was so much fun. Yeah. All right, I have something very special for you. Oh. <clears throat> um, you get to, oh. oh. <laughs> you get to pick, so who would you, who would you like? Who's your, do you have a favorite? I'm going to have to go with Helena. All right, Helena, wait. Yeah, there she is. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, here's a video message from a fan. Let's see what they have to say. Hey, Tatiana, what's up? I'm Darian from Los Angeles, California, and my question for you is, Catherine Alexander, who is your scene partner in Body Double, is definitely the unsung hero of Orphan Black. What is your favorite scene with her? Uh, that's awesome. Uh, uh, Catherine, so Catherine plays all, I'm sure you guys know, but Catherine plays all the clones opposite me in all of the scenes where it's six of me talking to each other. Um, and she's our, she's 
we're, we're so lucky we found her because she's unbelievable. Um, my favorite scene probably shooting with Catherine was, there's a few in season five, which I, I won't talk about, but um, there was a scene at the end of, think of season three, which was Kasima and Sarah laying in bed and talking about how much they needed each other. And they're kind of talking about the, um, the tattoo and yeah. And it was just, it was the most kind of, because Catherine and my relationship is so, uh, so vital, to, you know, that we're close and that we love each other, um, that it was very easy to say these words and mean them. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. And you thanked her in your Emmy speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's like, she is these characters with me. She's helped create them. She improvises lines sometimes. Um, she's totally, you know, she has full ownership over these characters the same way as I do. Maybe you, uh, I, there, there was an Instagram picture of you uh, in a never-nude cosplay. Oh. Uh, I, 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 I assume, yeah, there's Cross. Yeah. And there's, yeah. and Pretty good. So what, was this, were you cosplaying for something or just like, this just for fun? This was Halloween. Okay. Um, which is my favorite day of the life it's of the my life, yeah. Um, and we went. F- I just went full never nude because uh, I don't know why. I don't know where it came from, what the inspiration was. But I'd Probably never. Probably Arrested Development. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I just found this picture of this guy <laughs> online, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna be him for Halloween. Uh, but they uh, they actually blocked it on Instagram because they're like, we see nips. What? I was like. He's a never nude. You, um, <laughs> you drew him in. Yeah, I know. Ma- They're like nip. No. <laughs> also, I'd never felt more beautiful than that night. That's a- <laughs> like I was like, I'm hot. I felt so sexy. Did you have the short? I had the on? little shorts. I had yeah. a little tag that said Tobias Funke and Al Rapist on it. Oh, that's fantastic. Did people know what it was right away, or did you have to explain? People knew what it was. They didn't know. They didn't know. They didn't recognize me. My friends didn't recognize me, which was like. <laughs> I'm surprised that character didn't make an appearance <laughs> on Orphan Black. We did. Hansy. Who's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bringing it back around. Yeah. Hansy. Uh, nude. I can't be back. nude. Uh, is it, what's your favorite Halloween costume? Was that your favorite Halloween that costume? That one was my favorite that I ever did, but my brother used to do... My brother was so into Halloween, he would build... Basically, mascot suits for himself. My brother Daniel is a genius, and he made himself Calvin one year, which is really good. But then he also was Wilson the volleyball one year. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was like a bit, it was a hard one. It was a hard sell, and lots of people <laughs> thought he might be a radish. But he did so well. It was so good. God damn it. You know, I, I always, one year I, I was Luke Skywalker, Texas Ranger, which I thought was a pretty good matchup. That's great. <laughs> So like had the hat yeah. and then the rope, but then the belt and then the gun, the holster had the lightsaber in it. Right. But I feel like I was always a kid that tried to do these complicated comedy premises yeah. as a Halloween costume. And the, the, the fail on that is that your people are like, what are you? Right. And then you have to, one year I covered myself in tinsel and, and then I, I made myself smell uh, minty. And they, I don't know if you're going to get this. I don't know if you guys are going to remember this because I don't know if they do still do the commercials. But we're like, what are you? And I go, I, I'm Hall's mentholimptus vapor action. No. Yeah. And That's... I, I had to explain it all fucking night. <laughs> and I looked like an asshole every right. single time. That's amazing. My best friend, Tess, who's also... Like like you like wants to do like the weird thing yeah. that no one gets, but she went as a, <laughs> uh, everyone got it. Everyone got no, no, it. No, no, sure. Hey, okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah. All right, thanks. Um, uh, she went as a Freudian slip one year. 
How, yes. how does that manifest? So she was wearing a slip, uh-huh. and she had a little word bubble that just said, oops. <laughs> Like you're my best friend. That's genius. That's genius. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, There was my wife and I watched a lot of horror movies, and I know you were in the Ginger Snaps sequel. Yeah, but Ginger Slaps Unleashed. Unleashed. Slaps Ginger Ginger Slaps. Unleashed. Unleashed. (laughs) If I'd been on a leash, you would have got slaps. Yeah. You guys know Ginger Snaps. It's sort of like a werewolf tale. Uh, <laughs> tail, oh. sort of. Not a, that kind of a tail. Not that sort of a tail. It's a pun. T a l e. Good pun. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Uh, the kids love the homophones. They love. Them. They do. <laughs> uh, but but, I had to look when this movie was released because you look twelve and like you look very young. And then, do we have a clip from it that we can show? Oh no, we don't. I, we don't have the you, money to pay for that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's a very high budget piece. But I yes. was. I looked. 12, I was 17 yeah. years old. I was well, like, I think it was the braces, too. Yeah, they bleached my hair out. They bleached my eyebrows. Yeah. This was John Fawcett, who actually is one of the creators of Orphan Black. Oh, that's great. And our showrunner and a director on our show. And he created the Ginger Snaps series and was producer on, on uh, Ginger Snaps, Unleashed. And he basically took me into a like, hallway with the other actress one day, and we worked on character. We, like, created this weird character, Ghost, who is a... We find out she's a serial killer. She murdered her... She tried to kill her grandma. Oh, yeah. Well, As one does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But she's, like, this... She lives in comic books, and she's a very bizarre little creature. And so he kind of gave me my first start at, like, character work. I swear to God, if one person tweets spoiler alert after that, the movie came (laughs) out in fucking 2004. (laughs) (laughs) You need to keep up. Guys, that's on you. Uh, let's take another question from the audience. What is your name, sir? Hi. <laughs> my name's my name's Steve. I'm from Los Angeles, and my question is: is which clone deserves her own spinoff, and why? I've always envisioned uh, an Allison and Donnie like Christmas special, <laughs> where they're hosting it in their living room, and they do songs between other people doing. I don't know what anybody else would do. Uh, Helena, like, cooking or something. I don't know. But I think that they would, I think that they would be served very well in, like, that kind of format. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I have for you uh, hey. is <clears throat> elect Allison Hendricks. Uh, We have intercepted another video message. I don't know why I said it that way, and I'll never do that again. This is Rayanne from Laurel, Maryland. I have a question for you. Who is your favorite clone to play and why? Thank you. Hmm. <laughs> Always try to answer this differently, but... Uh, <laughs> I Right now, I'm missing Helena the most, I think, because that character is just so unlike any character I ever got to play before. And she sort of went so many different places and was sort of more of a creature than yeah no that was a... is she here She's I think like... yeah I think you scared the camera yeah. operator I'm gonna get out of here I need to get out of here um yeah and I got to eat disgusting food as her that's fantastic I, I uh just on the heels of that yeah. the somewhat related blue jeans radio on twitter in a zombie apocalypse which clone would survive the longest 
I think Helena, for various reasons, I think she could take on a zombie no problem. Right. She'd eat its brains. Right. Um, yeah. Allison could kill a zombie. She could take its head off with, and? like, various, like, craft utensils. <laughs> and I think which clone would die first? Hansy. Because he was trying to touch all the zombies! <laughs> hey, the god! <laughs> First. Yeah, hands first. Those yeah, hands first. Yeah. Before we go to break, I want to let you know the extended version of this chat is available as a podcast at Nerdist. Go to amc.com slash talking. You're going to get bonus clips. You're going to get exclusive content. You're going to get links to all the podcasts. Why do I... Why am I so good to you? Uh, <laughs> more with Tatiana Manzani in a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Tatiana Manzani is our guest. This is who we are talking with. Um... So, uh, can you t- tell us anything about uh, Stronger, the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, movie? Yes. So, it is um, based on the true story of Jeff Bowman, who he wrote a book about his experience when uh, the Boston Marathon bombing happened. He was waiting at the finish line for his girlfriend, and he lost both of his legs. And it's um, sort of about their relationship and how they survive it. It's not really about the bombing itself. Sure. That kind of is the sort of initiating circumstance but but it's really about how do how do you survive how does how do relationships survive how do you grow from this kind of trauma yeah um so it's a real fun movie (laughs) (laughs) well but you know you i I honestly feel like you you must orphan black between your improv training and orphan black i would imagine you have all the confidence in the world like it's just in it's just in you because of what what you've accomplished up to this point Mm. so when you Get onto a set. I mean, are there other people you've... I know you worked with Helen Mirren, too. Yeah. Was that mind-bendy? Or (laughs) when you go on, are you like, no, I got this? No, not at all. (laughs) I had, like, one chat with her, and she was... She's a dame. And I was like, so I'm going to play you in a movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how do I be you? Like, just a creature next to her? How about you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm from Regina. Um, (laughs) No, she was just so elegant, and I... You know, I loved watching her work. I, I learned so much about stillness and kind of, you know, I don't know, just elegance, just that kind of wisdom and that sexiness that she has from just having lived and being very did, confident. Did you get to hang out with her? The movie's called Woman in Gold, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I hung out with her very briefly. She was getting her nails done. Oh. And which also I was just like, oh, crap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Hey, uh, Alan, man. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like that character. Didn't like somehow. that character at all. She wasn't into it. Her dude's like handsy. I don't know why she talks that way. She talks exactly, she exactly like, like that. that. That's yeah. what happens when you become a dame. Totally. Um, we have another question from the audience. I think we get on up here and ask a question. Hi. Uh, Hi. I'm John from St. Louis, and I'd love to know what other actor or actors inspire you. Um, for the 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 big one for me is Jenna Rollins. Um, when yeah. Like, uh, ten years ago, one of my best friends showed me Woman Under the Influence, and it kind of shifted my idea of what acting could be and what storytelling could be and how powerful it could be. Um, Jenna just has... Jenna, like I can say that. <laughs> like, Dame Rollins has, like, this um, amazing capacity to be funny and um, dark and, like bizarre she's just so uninhibited and it just I, really inspiring to me yeah. excellent um i feel like uh maybe 
Ooh. Do you want a signed Orphan Black pilot script? <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. That's also good. It's not like weird lines that we never did. That has weird like, lines you never that's did? Like pre, that's like different from even the pilot that went out because it's that's pre production. Oh, wow. That's really cool. That's really cool. That's a collector's act. You want to frame that. (laughs) I want it, man. I know. What (laughs) if... You know, I asked him, like, oh, would you like a script? And he's like, no, I want a T-shirt. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> to fight that guy. I already gave it to you. Um, let's check in with our friends from uh, the internet. Uh, okay. This is from <laughs> Kendrick Maslani on oh, Twitter. Oh, I love oh, it. You have a son or brother or uncle. Uh, <laughs> or a husband. Or a husband. Could be. Or all of those yeah. things. Uh, can we know the whole story behind the fact that you had Cosima's tattoo on your wrist at the Critics' Choice Awards? Oh, yeah. Um, that was just like a little nod to Clone Club because we just finished. We shot something with Cosima, and I love that tattoo. And I don't have any tattoos, but they look cool. So I wanted to wear that and just kind of as like a, hey, guys. Um, hey, how about that? Hey, guys. <laughs> All right. I also do not have any tattoos. What's your reason for not having any? Because the one I want is so dumb, and I'm, I'm like, worried that I'm just going to regret it so deeply. What is it? It's this, I don't, I don't know. It's a little creature that's like this. Kind of looks like Beavis when he's got, like, his T-shirt Cornholio? on. Yeah, it's like Cornholio? really Cornholio. And I'm like, I don't think that's what I want branded on my body, my but question, do I? My question for you is, does your tattoo need TV for its bunghole? <laughs> yeah, uh, it does. It does. All okay. the time. Yeah, All the time. Um, it makes me Wait, what's your reason? You never said. Oh, uh, it's secret. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's it's just a fear of commitment. Uh, you know, it's like yep. you go through the whole pain of it, and then you know, you're just like, oh fuck, I don't want this Joy Lawrence tattoo anymore. Or whatever <laughs> right. it is, you know. I, yeah. Like, I don't know what it is, but I, I just feel like I would, I feel like it it would activate a part of my anxiety. Of like, it's permanent! Yeah, Get it off me! And so that freaks me out, and I'm afraid to do it. I, I don't feel like I look back on choices I made 10 years ago and go, yeah, I was cool. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, burn it. Super cool. Yeah. In sync forever. Yeah. Uh, forever. A whole generation of people are going to be like, ah, shit, yeah. what am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> and also, uh, I dated someone once who just had a very simple black arm, uh, just like a black band mm-hmm. tattoo. And then, you know, whenever she would work, it was, like, so much makeup to cover it up. And she was like, you know, I don't need this anymore. So she went through the process of getting it removed. Mm. And and I went with her. And they were like, oh, we could probably have this in, like, three or four treatments. Three years later and, like, you know, 15 treatments later. And it never got less painful. And, you know, they aim the laser at it and it just goes pop, 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 pop. And you can smell flesh. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, you know, I don't, I'm good. I don't need to do that. Tonight. Should we go after this right now and get like full body tattoos? Full yeah. body, yeah, yeah. Just like, you know what? I'm just going to get a full body tattoo of Leslie Nielsen over my body. <laughs> uh, let's take a couple more of these. A face tattoo of someone else. A face tattoo of someone face. else's face. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Clone Club uh, AUS, which I think means Australia, uh, <laughs> says if Tat could go back when she landed uh, when she landed Orphan Black and give herself advice, what would it be? Um, don't eat so much sugar. <laughs> uh, I like lived on licorice that first season. It was not good. It's not good. No heart palpitations. You don't feel good. Yeah, it turns I, out sugar has side effects. Yeah, it's dangerous somehow. Yeah. 
Um, this is from Ali ADW. Who's the better kisser, Donnie or Delphine? Oh, guys, come on. <laughs> I mean, Allison's not going to think Delphine's a great kisser, right? I mean, these that's are two different characters. Only you know this. Delphine to Kasima. All right. And uh, Chad to Allison. All right. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I'm just want to try to find. I'm trying to find ones that uh, you probably haven't been asked a million times. Nope. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, I should probably remove that for continuity. You know, it's <laughs> oh, yeah. fun. It's fun to throw a card and then you're like, someone's got to fucking deal with that, right. and it. They're remove gonna go, it in post. Yeah, remove every it in post. Frame. Yeah, this episode cost four million dollars. <laughs> they had to go in frame by frame. Uh, oh, this is a good one. Uh, heard Mas- heard Maslani on Twitter. Uh, did you pick up any habits or mimics from your characters on the show? Um, that one. Yes, All that right, one. <laughs> from the trumpet Mouth guy. Mouth trumpet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, have you ever... That's a great answer. Yeah, no, it's a fair answer. Like, You're allowed no. to answer. It doesn't have to... I can't answer no. Not every answer has to be like, you know... I always that's... thought it did. No. Oh. If someone asks you a question, you just go, no. And then that's it. What? Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a lucky chin? Is that is favorite so... scene? You travel so much. Oh, uh, oh, we know your favorite movie is The Mask. It says <laughs> at Acestra Clone. Uh, uh, favorite plane ticket character? Oh, no, no. <laughs> you have a dream. Eh? What's your favorite? Chi- what's your favorite childhood memory? It's a little personal. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Being born. <laughs> you remember that? I don't remember anything else. Everything after that, just that moment, that's the only thing you retain. Well, we answered your question, Space Button, on Instagram. Oh, oh, Space Button, not like Space Button, but like like, the Space Button. Could be. Well, this is more of a space bar, so maybe it is what you you think. Yeah. Super cute. Or what if that person just thinks bars are buttons and like has no ideas? He's like a a button board, not a keyboard. He's got a button board, yeah. Got a bar up my shirt. No, those are buttons. (laughs) What the fuck is wrong with you? Space button. Uh, space button. I just, I just want to make sure that everyone Poor feels like they got uh, from a single one most mm-hmm. important lesson. You've <laughs> answered all these. Uh, I don't think. You want to gr- oh, uh, also space button. Oh, space button. <laughs> <laughs> What's the grossest thing you've seen on set? Uh oh, the. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of a twelve-year-old surfer boy, Um, uh, the the leaky head. So, (laughs) Doctor Leaky had his head cut off some season, and then we buried it, and then we had to dig it up, and so it was rotten. It was rotten. Rotten. And uh, it was so real and so gross. I actually didn't want to be in a scene with it. And I, I normally am like, yay, I like stuff like this that makes me feel things. Didn't want to feel that. Mother, uh, you can answer that one too. Do we have any more audience questions? Any more audience questions? Or did you guys get all your? Do you have one? You have one? Would you like to ask your question? Sure. Get on up here and ask your question. from North Hills. From where? North Hills. Oh, here nice. in LA. So my question is, if you were the Hogwarts sorting hat, how would you sort Sarah, Kasima, Helena, and Allison? Oh, great question. Well, first of all, what would you be sorted in, Tatiana? Gryffindor. All right. Uh, it's not, I mean, No, whatever. I'd be Hufflepuff for sure. Oh, you'd be Hufflepuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but P.S., 
Just because Harry Potter was in it does not make Gryffindor the best house. No, y'all. no. Ravenclaw's the best house, but oh. it's fine. Fair enough, fair enough. Ravenclaw's the smart ones. They're the nerds. They're the nerdlingers. Yeah, they're the nerds. Um, so Kasiva would be a Ravenclaw. Um, Allison would be a, maybe a Slytherin? But like a good, she's like, that's okay. Yeah. It's all right. It's yeah. okay. Um, Helena would be a, whoa, what would she be? Huh? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Yeah. Hufflepuff? She looks like a Hufflepuff. Um, uh, Sarah would be Gryffindor. Sarah would be Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all I know. Who do you, are my do you agree with this, with these, with this what sort? What do you think? I was going to say Sarah and Hufflepuff. Oh, cute. Yeah. How dare you disagree? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What do I have that's special for you? I can either give you uh, one of these or... Oh, you know what? I'll give you this. I'll give you this. I'll give you this uh, Cosima badge, uh, which is... Uh, Oh, a badge, you say? (laughs) A lanyard. (laughs) With a lanyard on it. Uh, (laughs) uh, I think we're all done. We pretty much, if you guys are all good, you got everything answered you were curious about? Or you have a question? Yeah. Because you have a mic in your hand. I'm not going to let that go. You have to come up and ask your question. What is your name? Hi, I'm Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Uh, I'm from Oak Hills. And my question is, um, out of the three scenes, which was the most fun to film? Jennifer's autopsy? Oof. Removing Seth's brain or removing the face worm from Leaky's cheek? <laughs> oh, great call. I, Jennifer, the, the autopsy really freaked me out. That was the other one that was like, I don't actually want to be in this room. Because that looked just like me. Like, it was so real. And it kind of had a weird weight to it. I didn't, I felt sick through that whole scene. Um, and then the other ones, the Leaky... All of these ones made me feel gaggy. Because <laughs> that one had, like, that pus plop that happened. That was, like, very phallic. It was so gross. Um, and what was the other one? Um, removing Seth's brain. You mean Helena? No. no. When Cosima took out Seth's brain in Felix's bathtub. Oh, yeah. You should watch Orphan yeah, Black. It's a really good show. I think you'd really like it. That's gross. No, it's really good. I don't know. I then give it a Not shot. My thing. Be open to new things. Okay. Fine. Okay. Great. Uh, that one was fun. That one was fun too. That one was very early in the season, so I don't think Jordan and I had had a lot of scenes before that, so that was fun. You know, I have a very special gross. thing for you. Is uh, signed, assigned, uh, Scorpion. Uh, here you go. You're very welcome. So. Uh, you've been an amazing guest, and I, as we're... No, this one's not signed. This one's not signed. No dud. tats. That was a dud. Dud. <laughs> Stupid. Get rid of it. Not even... It's not... What is... No, it's worth nothing. Yeah. Um, as we're wrapping this out, uh, I, 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 I like to sort of find out, like, what motivates people, and if there's some piece of advice or some motto or some mantra that you live by or something that you, you know, keep in your head when you're anxious or you get down, like, what's, what's a guiding principle that you keep with you? I've recently really just, because I, 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 I feel like embarrassment is a huge thing that I deal with in my job and just in life, but um, I, I think Stephen Colbert was talking about, like, always being on the verge of humiliation. Yeah. And I think we, we're all embarrassed a lot of the time, or we're all, we all feel quite vulnerable. So just kind of reminding myself that we're all afraid. Yeah. And that it's okay to be afraid and that fear will always, like right now I'm terrified to say this, my throat's <laughs> like, I'm going to make you cry. <laughs> um, but like that fear is, is always there and that that's not a bad thing and to kind of embrace fear and, and use it. 
um, is sort of what my mantra is. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you because pretty much everything that I've, almost everything I've worked on, you have agreed to be a guest on. The podcast, and the <laughs> Nerdist BBC show, and this one, and you're always an incredible guest. And I'm so excited for you. And I'm excited to see where you go from here. So Tatiana Maslany has been talking with me. Give her a huge hand. <laughs> Season 5 of Orphan Black is on BBC America and Stronger. We'll be out in theaters September 20th. Standing ovation! This is the first standing ovation anyone's gotten on this. I'm serious! Yes! Yes! Here, here! Oh, Captain, my Captain! Stronger is in theaters September 22nd. Check out at Talking on Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter. Find out who's going to be on the show and how you can be a part of it. We couldn't do it without you. I'm Chris Hardwick at Hardwick on the Teens Instagram. Don't text and drive, guys. All right, bye-bye. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.